0: Say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to Hello, be. Hello everyone, and you welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and oh wow, do we have a great show for you today? I it's another one. You know, you know, I get these books. Uh, I read a book a week for the show. Uh, it's so much fun. I I just love learning and I and and This book, Pitching Sales, A Complete Guide to Becoming a Sales Professional, Outwork, Outperform, and Outsell by Brian Charlotte. Absolutely fabulous read. Uh, Quick read. It's not, it's not, this is, this is one of those reads where like if you were flying from Chicago to Raleigh, all right, you could get this book done, all right? But here's the thing about this book, right? This book is not going to give you some hacks, all right, little hacks that's gonna make you better sales people No, what this book is about is about your mindset. Really, this is a mindset book. Right. This is about this is about your beliefs, this is about your mindset, this is about uh you ultimately and whether you're a fit for sales and where you should be and how you could succeed. And if you're somebody who's interested in sales, or let's say you're a veteran of sales. You know what? Let me just tell you something. The fundamental mindsets that are in this book that Brian has put together are absolutely fantastic. He's going to join me in just a second. Uh, before we do that, let's do what we do every week, right? I walk you through where four part people We're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people, right? And the truth of the matter is, we've interviewed all sorts of uh, Navy SEALs and uh, we've interviewed all sorts of special operations forces on the show. And they've all said the same thing, including a major general on the show who has said, you know what? Uh, when it comes to all four of these areas, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. If you're not growing, you're dying because we never stay the same. And you have to be working on yourself every day. And so what we do on the show is, if you've never joined us before, is we have you evaluate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 in every area. 1 being it's not very good, 10 being I don't think it get any better. So here's how it works. So let's take the physical area. If you were to evaluate yourself on your exercise, eating right, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, on a scale of 1 to 10, 5 being average, what number would you give yourself? Now, listen, don't worry about what the number is, all right? That's your starting point because that's where you improve from, all right? So, if you're a two, don't get down on yourself that you're two. What are you going to do to get it to a 2.5? That, that's what we're going to work on. And if you're a seven, by the way, the higher the number goes, it's harder to make changes, right? If you're seven, how are you going to get to a 7.25? What can you do right now to change that? All right, that's your first number. Second number is your mental intellectual number, right? And listen, you can't sit on the couch thinking that things are just going to come to you and that somehow you're going to absorb information and that's the way it's just going. No, no, no. you got to be an active participant in your mental and intellectual growth. One great way to do that is to read a book. right? But Brian will tell you, you know what? He likes to listen to books, podcasts, and he likes to read blogs. He likes to uh, read the uh, email newsletters in his industry in order to grow. Right? Well, those are great ways. But you know what? There's other things you can do to and grow into your intellectual mind and grow your mind. You know, learning a new instrument, learning a new foreign language, all of those things can contribute to making you better intellectually. So, on a scale of one to 10, how would you say you're down? Okay? Second number. Third number, the emotional number. And I break this down as a psychological professional, I break this down into really two simple things. One is how well are you able to control your emotions under stress and pressure? And then the second piece is, how well, well are you able to tap into and understand the emotions of another person? By the way, do you think those two things are important when it comes to sales? I think Brian would say yes. Right? Because you've got to be able to control your emotions. Right? And you can control your emotions. Right? And by the same token, do you have the emotional vocabulary that you can really understand the emotions of another person? So skill scale 1 to 10, how are you doing there? right? That's your third number. And then finally, the fourth number is the spiritual number. And a lot of people don't understand the spiritual piece, but I'll make it really simple for you. We all live by faith. The truth of the matter is you woke up this morning, you drank your cup of coffee, you believed it wasn't poisonous, so you drank it. You put your key in a car, you, just, you believed that when you turned it forward that what was going to happen is that it was going to turn on. When the sign that said walk on the crosswalk, you believed that no car was going to hit you, that's faith. But by the same token, you know, we there's the spirit that lives inside of us. There's this there's a spiritual part of us that drives us. Sometimes we call it the spirit, the human spirit. Right? And then there's this other part, what brings you back to a place of peace in the midst of your chaos? Or or, or joy in the midst of circumstances? Is it God? Is it is it nature or is it something else? And then the question is, is it working for you? In a scale of one to ten, how's that number for you? Those four numbers are like the air in the tires of your car. You know, If one air in the tire of your car is low, what happens? Right. Well, the car is going to veer. It's not going to work right. It's not going to roll right. It's not going to do the things that you want it to do. By the same token, if all four tires are too low, what happens is if, over time, you're going to ruin the car. Well, speaking of someone who's got his tires all at the right level, his name is Brian Charlot. He is the founder of Pitching Sales Consulting. He is a seasoned sales professional with more than a decade of experience in the sales industry, ranging from software to construction. Through his experience, he's learned countless lessons, gained firsthand knowledge of the challenges that sales professionals face when establishing themselves in this particular competitive field. His primary mission is to help sales professionals, both those new to the profession and those struggling, to succeed in their career by providing people with insights and strategies. His desire is to foster a new wave of sales professionals who not only progress, but excel. His first book is Pitching Sales, A Complete Guide to Becoming a Sales Professional. You can learn by going to pitchingsalesconsulting.com. And he joins us here for the first time on A New Direction. So please, everybody, welcome for the first time uh, to A New Direction. And welcome, please, Brian Shillow. Welcome to A New Direction, brother.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm all jacked up from that introduction. That was You had me thinking, and, and like I said, it... It was a a good reminder on on how that's a daily thing that you have to ask yourself and improve on because you you don't just flip a switch on on any of those things it's consistency and daily habits that was good I liked it <laughs> good.
0: well uh, I believe in it I'm a firm believer you know you you know you talk about in the book you know you have to kind of believe well not kind of you have to believe in 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 the company you work for you have to believe in in what you're selling. Uh, but ultimately, the one thing that you say uh, in the in actually in part two of this book is uh, you've got to you – you say you say don't feel like you have to become someone else to find success. Being yourself is the best place to build from. So, maybe that's a good place to start uh, when it comes to pitching sales is being yourself and then being a successful salesperson. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's the biggest maybe – Um, mindset that people that aren't in sales or haven't ventured into it or they get into it and they don't believe that they're naturally a salesperson and they start to think well I'm not confident enough I'm too shy I'm I'm not brazen enough to speak to people or you know people all the time I hate sales I could never be in it well (laughs) the the matter of fact is is you could be That doesn't mean everybody's right for it. There are some people that aren't, but sometimes people get into it and they think that they have to change who they are to become successful at it. Now, that can happen for a number of different reasons. That can happen because somebody gave them bad advice and told them that they had to be more like this to be successful. Um, Maybe they ran into somebody that knew somebody else that's in sales. Like, well, I know that person's successful at sales, so maybe I'll try to mirror that. And then you just start to confuse, like this, this career is hard enough as it is. When you start trying to change who you are fundamentally at the same time, it's not a recipe for success. So the biggest thing that it, advice I always give is it, it doesn't matter who you are. Start there, find out what your strengths are because everybody has strengths. Find out what your weaknesses are, things that you can improve on and use that as your base. That's your foundation now. Figure out how to use those strengths that you have to implement it further and further within the sales industry and find out how to work on your weaknesses. Find out people who are good at things that you're weak at. Learn from them. Ask them questions. Talk to your managers, bosses, mentors about those and and build on that and and use yourself as the foundation. Don't use somebody else. And you can build on that no matter what type of person you are, what type of personality uh, you have. Start there.
0: You, you, and Fabulous advice by the way Because I believe in authenticity And I believe that if we don't start from authenticity We're never going to be successful Whatever we do um, So it's, I, I love that message One of the things that you talk about though A little later on in this chapter Is the importance of not losing sight of your own morals And I, I think one of the things that uh, Sometimes people have to have a gut check If they really know what their morals are And what their beliefs are Why is, why are your own morals so important to be successful in sales?
1: That's a a great question. That's why I am sure you could tell I really drove that point home to start, start by being yourself, but secondly, or in conjunction with that, stay and be integral to yourself and keep the integrity, um, in your industry, in your company, in yourself, in your customers, in the forefront. Um, Because two parts to that is one, people have a stigma about sales, typically before they come into it, and sometimes even after they come into it, depending on who they're associated with. Is one is, everybody's got an experience with a, let's just call it a bad salesperson, somebody who maybe didn't have their morals or integrity, in line, somebody who got burned buying a clunky car, someone who was just trying to walk through a store and a pushy salesperson comes up and then trying to get commissions. And and everybody has that experience they can usually fall back on and say, you know, That's why I don't like salespeople, people that's why I don't want to get into sales. I, I'm not like that. But what they don't realize is they have had countless encounters with wonderful salespeople. Mm-hmm that they bought from not even thinking that they were being sold to. Mm. Someone went through a, I don't know, a furniture shop and somebody just came and gave them the best advice they could. They kept, they learned about the, about you, what you needed, what your pain points were and suggest a great suggestion based on their industry knowledge. And you were really happy and you walked away from that, that interaction with not only a great encounter, but also what you needed to solve whatever problem you were looking to solve and people forget about those because it's so clean if you will it's just so genuine that they forget about that side of it and that's the integrity of the sales people that we're talking about that i'm really stressing on that if you do that over the long haul you will be successful if you find out that you're maybe not a right fit for a customer because what you're are able to solve isn't the problem that they're having. But you try to push your product or service or yourself on it, or you know it's not the right time for them, but you push it anyways, because your your goal is only to make that sale, you're going to start losing focus on what you're trying to do as a sales professional. And that is to help solve the problems of the people that you're working with. And if you can do that, and you can keep your integrity and be yourself and genuinely help that person. That interaction is going to go very smooth. you are going to do whatever you can to help that customer. And you're both going to walk away from that encounter feeling good that you did the right thing, whether it becomes a sale or not today, tomorrow, six months from now or never. If you keep that as your main focus, you will be successful in this industry long-term. There's no question about that.
0: Uh, I, I want I'm gonna go I, I had a thought that just came to my head as you were talking in the last two points you know we're always selling e- even people who aren't in sales are selling I mean I had to sell myself to my wife I mean that's the truth right I mean I, and I did a great job because I married way up okay so I did an amazing sales job uh, on, but we're always selling right? I mean, we're always selling, we're selling ourselves to new relationships, right? Aren't we in a sense? Do I, do I got that wrong? I think, I think, I, I think that's yeah. the same thing. Isn't it true?
1: Yeah. Oh, it, it doesn't, like if you're, like I said, it doesn't matter if you're in sales or not, you're running into people, new people at events, at parties, at social gatherings, and the same way in sales, you're, you're prospecting at the same time you're engaging in, in re-upping that that uh, relationship with a previous customer, right. new people are brought into the company. Like it's constantly evolving and, and meeting and, and uh, engaging and, and selling yourself.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to give myself more credit with my wife because I, think I did a great <laughs> job there. Uh, <laughs> all right. So your friend, David Roth Rothenberger yeah. wrote something that I thought was really profound
1: I when it comes great. to sales i was so happy to
0: include that piece yeah a great piece by the way uh fabulous piece by the way uh buy the book because the, he he not only has the shortened version he's got this lengthy version that david rothenberger wrote and if you're interested in sales i'm just telling you read that because it's powerful um and here's here's what he says and i'm not going to read the whole thing but i'm just going to read the basic premise time does not equal money when it comes to sales let's let's just pull a little bit out of that because um he makes a number of great points but i don't think people understand when it comes to sales that time does not equal money go ahead and explain it
1: yeah and that's the the biggest shock to people because there's also a great quote i think it was zig Ziglar. i hope i'm getting it right when i say that but he said that sales is the easiest or sorry that the lowest paying easiest job yeah, yeah. or the highest paying hard job yeah. <laughs> that you can find and it, and it kind of touches on that where people are typically coming to this industry if they're and again this is premised around people new to the industry or people who just need a reminder of the fundamentals if they're a veteran but they're not used to commissioned or bonus structured payments right. and they're used to that i go to work for eight hours and i make twenty dollars an hour After tax, I make this much money, right? Simple as that doesn't matter if no one's paying attention. I clock in I clock out, I can plan how much money I'm gonna have by the end of the month, I know how to forecast and, um, you know, budget, if you will, in sales, That gets totally thrown out the window. Um, And if you're competitive, and that drives you it's the best that's why it's the best possible career i touch on why i love this career so much and that's one of the reasons is that the time and effort that you put into this career pays off if you continue with the consistency and that drive and learning and growing and evolving and becoming that better and better sales professional but at the beginning it is tough it is an uphill grind with Things being thrown at you as you're trying to, to get uphill because you have to put, you can't, and what Dave touches on that I really, you can't come in and see these people who have been in this company for 10 years and think, well, I can do what they're doing. right They've already learned the industry, the customers, networked, got these reoccurring um, orders from customers. You don't get that. So they might be putting in 20 hours a week and making five times more money than you when you have to learn what they've learned and become as good and qualified as they are today starting 10 years ago. What I mean is you have to put in 50, 60, 70 hours to just find the baseline. That means working after hours, lead prospecting after hours, coming to the office prepared because you got up earlier and are ready to hit the, you know, hit the phones at 8 a.m. as soon as it starts to just reach your baseline. And you have to put in 80 hours a week that will not reflect your paycheck whatsoever. You're going to look like you're making, I know I talk about the one job. And when it was all said and done, I was making like five bucks an hour for a while. And that some people can't get past that initial. That's what makes this so like, you can go in and clock in and clock out and make your base pay. But I'm telling you, there's better jobs out there if that's what you want to do. Don't be a salesperson. You are going to make very few dollars per hour starting. But if you put that time in, you put in that consistency, you learn away from the job. You learn when you're on the transit system. You learn while you're driving. You learn before you go to bed by reading a book. Listen, you know, read an email in the morning about the industry news. These are the things that once you finally flip that switch and you really start to understand it, you can make, you know, an endless amount of money for fewer hours if you want, or you can make even more money with just the same amount of hours. Like it's just a, it's wonderful once you're on the other side of it, but man, getting there can be tough. And that's just the, I just wanted to give people a dose of reality coming into it. That don't think you can just walk in here put in the, the, you know, 40 hours and, and think you're going to walk away with these massive commission checks because it just doesn't work that way when you start.
0: No, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> and 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 what people don't understand is they don't understand that initially up front, that it's just going to require more of you mm-hmm. to yeah. be successful. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and if you want to be successful at it, it, it's what you have to do. But everybody wants to start at the top.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's such a, it's the hardest thing to where people that are new to it to really understand like, and that's why, again, a lot of this, I just cut the fluff out. That's why the book is so short, right? It's a, like, it's such a quick read as you mentioned at at the top there, because this is a guidebook. This is like, Hey, I filtered out all the BS and I'm trying to give it to you straight. And that that's why like, I talked to Dave and, and he's been in the sales industry for over a decade too. And he, We talked about it and he sent me that write-up. I'm like, man, this is every salesperson getting into this needs to hear this exact thing. And that's why it was so important for me to include that literally word for word the way he wrote it.
0: That's awesome. His name is Brian Sturlow. The book is called Pitching Sales, A Complete Guide to Becoming a Sales Professional. It's absolutely outstanding. We're just getting started. You're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey folks, whether you're recovering from an injury, surgery, suffering everyday aches and pains, maybe you're a professional athlete, listen, and you just want to perform better. The elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored for your individual needs. So listen, when you're ready for your epic relief, your epic recovery, and your epic results, don't look any further. Go to epicpt.com. That's e-p-i-c-p-t.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors for more than 38 years. Uh, you know what? They may helping people transition in life. And you go, well, hold on. I thought they were a real estate company. Yeah, well, think about it. Every place you've ever lived has been a transition in life, right? And so, you know, what do they do? Well, they've helped thousands of people make that transition easier. They understand how to do it. They understand how to take the stress out of either buying your next home or selling your home, whatever the case may be. So listen, when you're ready to make your next life transition, start with Linda Craft Team Realtors. That's lindacraft.com. That's l i n d a c r a f t dot com, and we're back here on a new direction with uh, Brian Sherlo, his book entitled "Pitching Sales: A Complete Guide to Becoming a Sales Professional." Outwork, outperform, and outsell. Uh, a great read. Um, I call it a mindset read because um, it is a mindset. I'm, and and before we go into part three of what's holding you back in sales. Um, there's something that comes through in this book, and I don't know if it's intentional, Brian, or not. It, it, many people don't know this. You played college football, and uh, at a high level, and we kind of talked a little bit before the show. But one of the things that comes through for me in this book is um, competition. And I, you know, I'm a psychological professional, and I, I can help people develop resiliency. I can help people develop attitudes. I can help people develop excellence. One of the things that I've always though questioned is been, can I help people develop that sense of competition? Because I do believe, at least I have a theory. I believe that some of that the most successful salespeople are competitive. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, and it's hard because I can't speak on behalf of everyone. And I've always struggled with that too. When I see not necessarily people in sales, but just every day. And like I said, that psychological side of it, whether it's with their career, with family, with anything. When I see somebody with that edge, you can see it right away. You can, you can kind of get an aura from them, what type they are. And when they, when they don't have it. Yeah. Um, you can see it quickly as well. <laughs> now it's not always you can, you can be wrong, but I'm, I'm just saying, no, is...
0: you're, you're right. Because you and I, can I say this about you? Cause you and I really don't know each other, but I think I know this about you just reading your book and some other stuff. You and I hate to lose. Mm-hmm. Hate it. Mm-hmm. It, I, I mean, it's almost, it's almost more intense than the joy of winning is hating to lose. Is that fair? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's where I, I don't know where you get that from, if it was <laughs> developed or born. And I think that's the the million dollar question. And that's, right. that's what I really tried to touch on when I talked about that, that intrinsic and extrinsic motivation right. and because I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but I do know that when I, or someone typically that I know finds that, that core foundational motivation, it brings so much more out of them than if they're just like, yeah, I'll try that. I'll go for that. It's like, no, to get here, I need to accomplish this. And I want to get there. Once yeah. that flips, you can't typically stop somebody. And, but finding it is tough. Right. And it's just, like I said, and that's why I was I was trying to touch on it in a number of different ways throughout the book so I could resonate with different amount because I know everyone's not wired like me. And again, they don't have to be to be successful at sales, but they need to find something. You can't just go into sales like, yeah, if I make the sale, I make the sale of that person. If I'm middle of the pack salesperson, you you can't provide for your family and yourself and, and all the things you want in life and find financial freedom without that. And that's what I was really trying to get at. But it's I also find it's up to that person to find out what it is. And I was just giving them some push in in one way, whatever resonated with them, right. push them towards that. I if you picked up on that or not, that's what I was kind of going for because I know not everybody's like me, but I gave my own personal experience yeah. too, in case they were. And just trying to hit a different different ways of going about it.
0: Well, I think I think your friend, you know, says something, one of the statements he makes is no one cares how many hours you put in or the volume Mm -hmm. of cold calls you made and neither should you. You should care about Mm -hmm. your victories in the sales profession. It is all about revenue. Well, if that doesn't speak to competition, I don't know else it does.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: I mean, it really does. And
1: that's, and and just so you know, just because he's wired like both of us, I played football with this guy (laughs) and I know that he's like that. And and when I read it, like I could say, you know, see him much like you kind of did to me at the beginning here with your opening. Like just, I bet you he was getting jacked up writing that because he's that <laughs> type of mentality. And again, you don't have to be like that, but if that gets you going, man, you're, you're set to to do well right. in this, in this profession.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about part three, what will hold you back in sales. And I want to just go through these and I want you just kind of, a, a, you know, expand on them a little bit, because I think one of the things that Uh, people, when they think of sales, they're going to deal with this at some point, probably in the beginning, but I think a lot of salespeople still struggle with it. So let's talk through. First one is fear of rejection. That's going to hold you back. Talk about fear of rejection because that is a big one.
1: And if you're new to sales, you have spent your whole life trying not to be rejected, (laughs) whether it be in school, um, sports, relationships, any scenario you can think of, you aren't actively trying to find rejection. So you've found ways to avoid it. You've found ways to, you know, skirt it one way or the other. And sometimes you get hit, sometimes it's unavoidable. But in sales, you're actively looking for it. You need to be told no way more than you're going to be told yes, especially at the beginning. So if you can't shake that original mentality. And it, it hurts the ego when you're like, Oh, this is the perfect customer. They're going to love this. I researched their, their product and we're going to save them all this money and you pitch it to them. And the guy goes, Oh no, (laughs) we don't want that. And you're like, what? Like why? Like, I just, he's like, no, we we don't want it. And you're just like, Oh, and your ability to recover from that is going to make the difference in your first six months of sales because that exact thing is going to happen to you multiple times daily depending on how how many calls you're making in a day or what the industry is that's going to happen to you all the time and your ability to come in to a pitch uh, or lead or cold call with that same enthusiasm and that same upbeat um personality that you are you're looking to bring to to this industry if you can do that after being told no, pick up the call and pick up the phone and do that again and not let it bother you. The sooner you can do that, the sooner you can start work on other things to become better at this. But until you get over that, it's it's gonna be a tough go. So that's I I just want to tell people that right off the bat. Like just face it, right? Accept it and and move forward. But the only way to do that is to, to have it done to you you can't teach that you can't prepare for that you just need to be told no and go huh okay next guy and and go from there so that's what i was really getting at i'm like you if, you, if you're hesitant to pick up the phone after that it's going to be tough for you so just jump into it
0: well you have a great quote here you said remember after you finish an interaction with an individual they've already forgotten about you mm-hmm. don't let their action reside with you either man that's mm-hmm. great advice right there because you're right. Somebody tells you no, they don't even remember who you are. And yet, you're holding on to it as a salesperson. They told me no. Yeah. Oh, oh, my ego. My ego's hurt. Oh, uh, uh. Right? You've been protecting your ego your whole life. Right. And now, you're putting it at,
1: on the front line.
0: It's right. tough. Yeah. But, but the fact that, that I love the idea of keeping in mind, remember, after that interaction, that individual doesn't even remember who you are. That's a great reminder. I love that one. Well done there. All right. Next one is excuses. Uh, nobody likes them, but go ahead. Talk about excuses and how that's going to hold you back.
1: Is The second you hold yourself accountable, you're going to find not only in, in sales, in life, like sports. The second you can stop making excuses to like, oh, maybe the person's going to be busy. Maybe the person's not going to like me. Maybe... Maybe, maybe, maybe. And I talk about it. Actually, I got that quote, um, that what if, yeah. the what ifs. Yeah, right. That was I got that from my football coach in university. I used to because someone go, we'd be practicing like a coverage or something like And someone would go, Well, what if this guy goes here? What if this guy goes here? What if? And the guy goes, What if, what if, what if? Like we can sit here all day and, and do this. But this is the base, this is the foundation of what we're playing. We right. have to adapt. Right. We have to. Yeah. Be accountable for our own actions. Be accountable for our own preparation and move forward. And it, it ties into the rejection. It's like, stop making excuses. If Find out if the person's busy by calling them. Let them tell you they're busy. Don't tell that to them for you. Like, don't do it for them. Right. If you don't think the person's, you think the person's gonna be mad because you're bugging them, let them tell you. Don't tell them for yourself, you know? So just stop with the excuses, accept you're gonna find rejection, Change, flip your mindset on those, and man, this this industry is going to open up for you tenfold.
0: One of the military services, I think it's the Marines, has this little saying: "Adapt, improvise, and overcome." Right, right? which I find to be a great motto, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, because that that gets rid of the what ifs. I just have to yep. adapt. I have to improvise. I got to overcome it. Right.
1: Yeah, because you can sit there and make what ifs literally, right, until your imagination runs out. Because there's there's a what if for every single scenario in sales in life in anything, right. and the second you find the accountability and say, you know what, I called the guy and you you're, you know I was right, he was mad, he didn't want to hear from me again. But guess what, I didn't make an excuse. I called him. I got a rejection, and now guess what, I'm calling the next guy.
0: Yeah, you t- also talk about in this little piece that there's a danger in the sales environment about misery loves company, mm-hmm. and that that you can if you start getting around miserable people who are struggling, that's going to affect you negatively and you have to avoid that. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I I, I can't remember exactly how I worded it, but with regards to the misery love company, if you sit around a toxic sales advisor for long enough, you'll wonder how anything got sold to anybody. <laughs> because they they could be like, well this this you know the the stock is short, the right, shipments right. are delayed, the right the people in logistics aren't getting back to us like man it's it's endless if you get around the people and if you let that fill your head and this is this is again why I was I put this stuff first because if you start reading this after you've been in a toxic sales environment it's tough to pull that out of you because right. it starts to seed itself in your own thoughts and those people are trying to bring you because what they're trying to do is once again protect their own ego as to why they're not selling something. So they don't want you to be selling something. So if you come in, if they're like, oh, customers this and the again, shipping that and they don't have any sales and you come in and you're like, yeah, I went out and I sold da, da, da. And they're like, oh, well, then it's my, card. like they're trying to protect themselves and they'd rather see you not have any sales because then they can give themselves an exterior excuse as to why it's not working. When realistically, they're probably just not doing what they're supposed to be doing in their job. So you just have to protect yourself and watch out for it.
0: All right. The next one you have is belief in the product or the service that you're selling. Talk about how important that is to can hit, can inhibit you from being successful.
1: Yeah. And the reason why it can inhibit you is because if you don't believe in it, you are not going to go full all in, into this company, into yourself. You're going to, we talked about the beginning, your own integrity. If you think that you're selling something that, isn't solving the person's problem. If you think you might be ripping them off, if you think anything again, there's, there's always going to be something right within mm. it. You can't just have this. I don't even have an example of what could be just this perfect problem. There's always prob- problems with Apple phones and Samsung. Phones. <laughs> there's going to be some things, but if you don't truly believe that the product you're selling is helping the people, which you're telling them you're helping them with, you can't do it. Right. you, You you can maybe make a few sales and make a few bucks, but you cannot become a sales professional if you don't have full belief. And I talk about that just like you can find out six months in, you can find out you can believe that it was that. And then find out, you know, once you get behind the curtain and find out, Hey, this is actually we're, we're ripping them off. More and more customers are coming saying it's breaking. It doesn't work. More and more problems. You can then maybe ask yourself, like, do I really believe in this? And if you don't, it's okay to pivot. From that or find something else that you believe in because you need to have that if you want to have a sustainable positive career because because that's going to eat away at your integrity if you don't believe in your product and you're still going out to market and selling it to people it's just going to really hurt you long term
0: well I'm, I'm going to add to this because you mentioned this in the book too is that it's not just maybe about the belief in the product but it's belief in the company mm-hmm. too
1: yeah and that's and that's it could be any way that they're selling it it could be if they're promising something that they're actually not delivering like sometimes you can only be the salesperson and there's a different side of it that does the servicing or the customer service or the follow-ups um, if the whole company is not working in congruency with each other and every person that you sell to comes in and says that the service after was terrible the people they dealt with when they called in weren't answering weren't helping them like this whole thing has to work like an engine right and you can only be one part of it but if you don't believe in your company you can fully believe in the product but the company is out of whack right that's going to eat away at you as well because you know even though you're selling a good product to that customer if they're going to have a horrible experience once they're done talking to you it's it's just going to you're going to run into problems long term with it and it's that's a really it really is unfortunate when you have a great product in a poor company that one really sucks to, to walk away from. Cause it, it can be tough.
0: Yeah. Next one, you have is self doubt. How does mm-hmm. that keep you from being successful? That's, that's a, that's a really
1: tricky one because that's, and you can probably see how I wrote that. Like I try to give my own, mm-hmm. um, examples or, or references to it, but that's going to affect different people differently on, on what it is that's preventing them from, from getting going. And that's if they came into this and said, well, I'm not the right person for sales. I'm not the right personality for sales. I have to change the way I am. Kind of like what we talked about at the beginning. Right. That really fuels into the self-doubt because until you even get out of your own way, you can't reach that next level. You can you can accomplish those other things right. slowly and steadily. And that's great because all these things have to be together and formally. You can't just get over rejection, but make excuses, right? All these things need to be in order. And the last one is for you to get out of your own way and say, hey, I might not be the greatest sales professional yet, but I know I'm getting there. I know I'm doing the right things. I know I'm progressing properly and I'm talking to the right people and I'm keeping my integrity and I'm being myself at the same time. Get out of your own way and get out of your own head. And just let these ha- habits and, and fundamental things that you're doing take over. And, and that's kind of what I was touching on and, and hoping to, to hit different personalities so they kind of view it the same way and just kind of let themselves forgive themselves for, for some of the mistakes they're going to make early on.
0: Well, I think we all experience imposter syndrome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: right, when we get started. By releasing
1: a book, you really feel it. You know, right. And you you read it, but no one else has read it yet. You're like, man,
0: is <laughs> we, right. Hey, I mean, you experienced I imposter syndrome, right? I mean, how long did it get you to really wrap your mind around the fact that you're an author? You're not just don't a writer. Know, I
1: still wrap my mind around right. it. That's right. the crazy thing is it, right. it lingers.
0: Right. But again,
1: yeah, I, I, I try to practice what I preach in that book to it as much as I can. And the self-doubt to release a book on if I can help anybody coming into this industry ate at me. I would sit at it and be like, <laughs> but then I just had to learn to get out of my own way. I had to trust what I was telling people because it was own personal experience. It was people within the industry that were dealing with these same things. Right. And I gave it to them first to read and they're like, you gotta, you gotta get this out there because it's gonna help somebody. Yeah. And once I came to terms with that, I got out of my own way and I just went for it. And that's exactly what people coming into this industry need to do as well. Cause it's, there's going to be critics. There's going to be all kinds of things, but just, just let the process happen. Right. So,
0: yeah. I, I, one of the things that you say in this section is about self-doubt is the only thing stopping you is yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and I think
1: nobody else can, can really right. stop you. Right. You can listen to them. You can let it right. see. It's kind of like, like we were talking about with, People that misery loves company, you can let people stop you if you let them. But realistically, you can only stop yourself in the end uh, if you make the decision to stop. But if no one else makes that decision and you keep moving forward, they can't stop you.
0: Well, and I think the other thing you just said a few minutes ago is, you know, I don't know how to do this yet. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the three-letter word that people have to add to what they don't know. I don't know Mm -hmm. this. I don't know how to do this. We'll add yet, right? Because truth of the matter is, if we're in a learning, constant learning mode, right, we can learn it. I mean, my favorite four words is I'll figure it out. Yep. Yep. You know, I may not know it, but I'll figure it out. And there's
1: so many resources today compared (laughs) to when we even started not to age ourselves at all, but like there's so many more resources for somebody starting out now to figure something out that they don't know, whether it be in life or sales or their industry, whatever it is, like just again, forgive yourself for not knowing it yet, and then go figure it out. And if you have that right mindset, you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just give yourself that that luxury of time and and belief in yourself.
0: His name is Brian Sherlow. The book is entitled Pitching Sales: A Complete Guide to Becoming a Sales Professional. You're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey folks, Epic Physical Therapy, My Physical Therapist. I think they should be yours too, by the way. Listen, you know that they are facilities... Offer the most advanced top line equipment, things like the Ultra G anti-gravity treadmill, the Norma Tech compression sleeves, game ready. That's just a few. There are trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting edge treatments, things like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping, and that's just a few. Listen, when you're ready for your epic relief, your epic recovery, your epic results, don't look any further. Go to epicpt.com. That's epicp tcom and linda craft team realtors for more than 38 years, helping people all over the world. Uh, sell and buy homes because they help them transition in life. Listen, uh, they've been around. They're independently owned and operated. They're not affiliated with any national company. So, where, no matter where you live, they can find the best professional real estate person for you. So, start with Lindacraft.com. That's L I N D A C R A F T.com. And we're back here on a new direction with my friend Brian Sherlow, pitching sales, a complete guide to becoming a sales professional. Are you enjoying this, Brian? At all?
1: Uh, I I love it. I I can man, you're gonna have to cut me off because I love talking about this stuff. And because you know, you just learn something new every conversation you have. Right. It's yeah. it's great.
0: Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's, let's jump into how to part four, how to excel in sales. And you talk trial by fire and you use a Navy SEALs quote, uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. (laughs) So talk about why trial by fire is so important to excelling in sales.
1: Because whatever you're going to face, you're going to face eventually. So you might as well just jump in. You might as well just expose yourself to it because there's no avoiding it. You got to go through it. You can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. So accept. Once you change your mindset to just accept, I'm going to get told no. I'm going to get hung up on. I'm going to get, you know, passed up. I'm, I'm going to have a competitor swoop in and take a deal from me at the last minute. All of these things are going to happen to you. So just get going. Jump on the ride and enjoy it. It's going to be a roller coaster. It's And if you stick with it, it's going to be, the best career decision you've made if you put in that work and that effort that we've talked about here, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's like anything, start, start right away, get on now because, cause you're going to get on eventually. So just go for it.
0: The next one you have is you got to overcome the worst case scenario.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that ties into the rejection and, and the what ifs. I think that's the part that I actually talked about the what ifs Um, the worst case scenario you can sprinkle it any way you want. In sales, the worst case scenario is a no. They're not going to... If you knock on their door, they're not going to call the cops on you and get you hauled <laughs> away and your boss going to have to bail you out and they're going to deport you to a different country. And they're gonna, like... Like the worst thing someone's going to do is just say no. Right. And once you realize that, you, you get this aura of invincibility once you right. realize the, the answer is just no. Then you can... You can double your sales calls. You can double the amount of people. You can ask for more sales because you might as well find out if it's a no earlier than putting two more weeks in because the person hasn't got back. you like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to disturb them. Listen, he's gonna tell you if it's a no, and and you're sitting waiting for someone to get back to you for two weeks. It's probably a no. Okay, so just like that's the worst case scenario. Again, they might swear at you. They might. Like they can't even hang up the phone hard on you anymore. They just click. Like, is that how intimidating is that? Someone in the other line going no, and then clicking a screen. Who cares? Uh, so just go ask the question, ask for the sales, ask the tough question that's going to make you a better salesperson long term. Don't be afraid to ask a tough question that's going to help you get the sale, and if that question. It it turns into a no. So be it. Call the next person. That's the worst case. Don't overthink it.
0: (laughs) I I love that. Um, Now, this next piece is a little bit longer. I'll I'll walk us through a little bit. But you say, and this is so important, create good habits outside of work. Mm -hmm. And you have organization. And and you spend a great deal of time talking about physical activity, uh, which when it comes to sales... Uh, Looking at some salespeople, I don't know that that's as important as it should be. <laughs> but you, you tell a story that the physical activity actually was a game changer for you, wasn't it, for sales?
1: Yeah, that that's why it was so. A lot of these things, I think you can tell when you're reading it that I lived it. Right. That's why it was so easy to talk about it because um, it's all these things. Like I said, for for, for creating good habits outside of sales, outside of the office. I could have probably put 25 in there if you yeah. really got into it, but I didn't want to dilute it, and I wanted to stress on very important ones. And physical activity was one of them because it happened to me. And you mentioned about um, playing sports in college, university, football. Um, it was a big part of my life. And then I, t- I think the the one thing I said is is your first office job is like the freshman 15 in, <laughs> in university. You become stagnant again. And it's, I'm telling you, it's every single person, their first office job, they put on at least 15 pounds. I put on more. And because I was trying to do so many things, I was putting in so right. many extra hours, as we talked about what you have to do when you start, that physical activity took a back seat. I talk about sleep. Sleep took a backseat. Right. Not necessarily because I was just... I was trying to do so much, but also trying to have my social life and do all these things at once. It just, these things took a backseat. And all of a sudden I was 25 pounds heavier a year later. And I'm like, what is going on? I got no energy. I'm at home. I'm not doing anything, but I'm also not sleeping or eating well. So and, I, and I'm very, very specific to say, too, the correlation is being physically active isn't going to make you a better salesperson. What it does is it makes you a better person overall functioning human being right it makes your body and brain work at a a Mm -hmm. higher level especially including sleep in there as well so when you're functioning as as a person better you just naturally have more energy at the office you're more um, consistent with your phone calls you're more upbeat when you're talking to people and when you're just out of shape you're, you're lacking confidence. You're not feeling good because the job's been hard. And it just protrudes out of you on both a negative and positive way, whichever you're doing. And so physical activity to me, it was a game changer for me. It's not necessarily going to be a game changer for everyone, but it doesn't hurt to, to find out if that's going to help you out because it, it definitely did for me.
0: One of the other things you say in this little section is sell more than the product. And you make a quote. You say there's more than one way to cook an egg. If mm-hmm. all you know is scrambled – then you are isolating yourself from a larger sector of potential buyers. Talk about yep. selling more than product.
1: So you're going to find a, a time in your sales career when you have an aha moment, when you stop selling an item to a person based on how you think you should sell it to them. You start selling and providing information to the, to the prospective buyer based on their needs because you've asked good questions. You've, you've found out their pain points. you you've, dug in like a like the professional you should, because if you're coming right out it and they're like, you know, to, to use the egg analogy, like, yep, our product is scrambled. And you go there and you go try to sell scrambled eggs to a hundred different people and only six of them like it's scrambled, then you're going to make the six sales. But you're going to miss out on such a segment because once you start asking good questions, you're finding so much more about the customer's business, their need, their pain points, as I said, you start adapting your pitch to all the things your product can do that makes sense based on their needs. And then you start selling the product that way and your sales are just going to explode because it's about them, not about you. And this sale isn't about you making your next commission check. It's solving their problem, which your product can do, selling it in that manner. And it's a game changer. And that mindset will just take you to the next level. And that's why it's the book's kind of like a progression. I want you to see this this crescendo of information coming at you. And once you hit that part and you start selling to them, oh, it's it's a game changer.
0: Um, I just want to, you know, we have people who write in occasionally to the show. I just want to give you a little encouragement here. James Powers, who I know, James, thanks for watching the show. He says, I love the topic of this book. Too many people are in sales roles because someone simply told them, hey, you'd be good in sales, yet they are then left to achieve that paradigm shift on their own, often failing. Do you want to address that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Um, some people are just left out to dry. Simple as that. And the, the big factor in why this, the, the whole concept of this book is because my first sales job, that happened to me and it happened to a friend of mine. And I got out of the industry simply because the the training was subpar. The training was trying to change me into being someone else. The training was just so that product focused and not actually training on how to be a salesperson. It was, how do I sell this specific thing? Go out there and do it just like I do it because I'm really good at it. Mm. And I was like, and I tried that. And that's where all this mentality comes in with this book is that if I'm a, there's so many good salespeople that this happened to that probably aren't in sales anymore. And they could have been, if they just had a little bit better of a mentor, a little better guidance, a little better training because these companies that hire people without sales experience, they bring in like 15 people at once. They hope that three of them last. They hope that the other 12 generated some leads while they were there and they can pass it off to a more veteran person. And then those three that last, maybe two more last a year. And then six months later, they bring in 15 more people. They don't actually give them the time. And and the, the unfortunate part is those people that this gentleman's talking about is they were probably really good at sales. They just needed a little bit of guidance in the industry, a little bit of a good mentorship, a little bit of. Letting them be themselves and, and molding them how they are, not how they, how you are. And unfortunately, you lose a lot of good salespeople like that. And I think that companies overlook that by just, just bringing as many people and seeing who sticks. Right? Yeah. And,
0: well, James, thanks for writing in. We really yeah, appreciate well, it's that. A great,
1: great topic.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the things you talk about is be obsessed or be average. Ooh, Ooh. And that's Grant Cardone written all over it. So talk about be obsessed or be average.
1: I'll be 100 percent honest with you, I just refinished listening to that book two days ago. <laughs> I listened to that thing 15 times. If it was a tape player back in the day, it would be worn out. <laughs> Luckily it's not. Um, there's a couple other books that are that are like that that I listen to as well. Like I give a list of books that I love yes, in do. the in there as well because there's once you, once you do this, like go to the next level, right? There's more and more and more. There's there's always more. But that book Flip the switch, which I was talking about, that dormant switch, that mindset, that motivator for me, something in there, love him or hate him for how he is as a person. People have different opinions, but that sure. book, if you read that book, it's, and it should unlock something in you to just be better. And it did it for me. And honestly, I was halfway through this book and I hadn't looked at it for for like writing it. I was, I hadn't looked at it for six months and I listened to that and I'm like, man, I got to do what I say I'm going to do. Right. I have to hold myself accountable. I have to be the person I'm trying to portray in this book more consistently. And if I told myself I was going to write this book and help people or try to help people, then do it. And I had to have that conversation with myself and this book kind of got it out of me the first time I listened to it. And now it's on repeat, like every eight months or so I'll listen to it, but I just finished it like two days ago.
0: So, yeah. Hey brother, we've done an hour. Yeah. It's gone by really fast. It has. Uh, it has. I really appreciate you being on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Um, tell people how they can get a hold of you because uh, you've got some really good stuff going on.
1: No, yeah, well, just pitching sales consulting.com is the easiest way. Um, or just on my Instagram, just, just you know, it's me who runs it. Um, I probably have to run it a little bit better than I do. But either through the, the, the website or, or just email at pitching sales, or pitching sales at gmail.com. Like I'm just here to help people that need, Help. They don't know where to turn to. They got in a company that they're not sure. They they, they can't find a mentor. They need questions just to ask. I run it all myself, right? You know, so I'll answer it as best I can.
0: Awesome. Uh, his name's Brian Trello. The book is Pitching Sales: A Complete Guide to Becoming a Sales Professional. He's been awesome, hasn't he? Hey, folks, listen. You know what? Uh, there are three things that you're in control of: your attitude, your effort, and your resiliency. I know your circumstances can be difficult. It doesn't matter. Those three things you always have control of. You can control your attitude. You can control your excellence. That's your effort. And you and you're going to get hit, but you can get back up again. That's your choice. Do it. Take advantage of it now. I'll be back next week with another great guest. It's going to be another great book. It's going to be another great show. As I say to you all over the world, you know what? You had a lot of choices. You chose us, and I'm really grateful for that. And as I say to you everywhere, all over, ciao, everybody. Can find the strength to go a different way. Yeah, the time has come, your dreams will take you places you've never been before. Find your passion, find your strength.